When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. What's up? Welcome back to O2 Podcast. Paul's here with me tonight. Man, I'm having trouble talking today, Paul. I'm not sure. You are. Did you hear me crack that beer just now? (laughs) I thought I was on mute. Oh, no. You're good. You're good. Uh, Oh, jeez. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show. But yes, I have been having trouble talking, and I have a feeling maybe some of that anesthesia is still in my system from last week. Um, Normally, we go around the table and we talk about what we've been up to, but uh, I'm coming off of a knee procedure, so I haven't done much of anything. I sat out one day last week, didn't get a shot on anything. Uh, but Paul, what what have you been up to? I went to Atlanta for work, uh, got COVID. Um, <laughs> so I had some crazy fever dreams. Like, that was awesome. Like, super vivid. Uh, so that was kind of cool. That was the only plus side of it, but I'm all congested and stuffy and all that nonsense. I uh, I missed my bowling league because I was in Atlanta for work, and we won the championship in the bowling league. I might add. So way to go, guys! Congratulations! Hold hold it down. So, but yeah, I I and it's just been it's been a whirlwind ten days for me. Kind of a yeah, blur. Yeah. You've, uh, you've had a lot going on. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. We're going to go ahead and make this relatively quick intro because uh, our actual like, meat potatoes of the podcast is pretty long. Um, Bagger. I, don't, I don't think we've got a whole lot of information from around the state at this time. I haven't seen anything. DNR is hiring 20 ODNR officers. I, if you're I did see that. Thing, so. That's kind of cool, but um, your season yeah. just wrapped up yesterday. So, congratulations, to everyone! Harvest of deer, gun season at least. We got muzzle litter coming up in a couple weeks. So, that is yeah. true. Man, I completely duck. forgot that was even this weekend. Duck season is in full swing in the state, which I haven't gone out for the second split. So, having that time. You just get better, and then you can go out. Yeah, better now. I'm ready to go. I'm going to go duck hunt tomorrow. Socially distance yourself. <clears throat> yeah, by myself on a marsh. It's as socially distant as you can get, buddy. Right. Sign me up. So, um, quick rundown here on what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So, we've got uh, Brad Luttrell, who is one of the co-founders of the social media app he had a different term for it social social commerce commerce okay app um called go wild g-o-w-i-l-d and what this is is an app if you're not on there first of all you really should look into it because now you shouldn't even look into it you should just do it because this is where um if if you go to social media for hunting and 
uh, outdoor stuff. This is the one you can go to with and bypass all the political ads that also pop up yeah. or all of the, you know, t-shirt ads of things that are stupid and you don't need anyways. But um, we talked to Brad a lot about kind of how social media works in general. And anybody who's listened to this knows Paul and I are not like the biggest fans of social media, really. Um, but Brad knows a lot and he, he's going to give you some of the background. I, it, it's not necessarily the most like hunting focus. This is how you kill something um, <coughs> podcast, but this is something we found. We, we had the opportunity to talk to Brad and we thought it would be relevant. There's been a lot of stuff in the news lately with the demonetization of um, hunting shows of YouTube and people being censored on some of the other platforms. Uh, we talk about this in the, in the podcast that Matt Ranella, who is Steve Ranella's brother, whatever, he's been on a couple things lately, really going after hunters on social media, <laughs> firing some shots. Ooh, buddy. Oh. And uh, so we talk a little bit about that. Uh, it, and uh, yeah, it's a good well, one. I, you know, it's, it's uh social media, obviously it affects all of our lives and, you know, you can either, let it consume you or you can use it for the tool that it should be communication, just a little fun. And I, to me, that's what go wild is. It's, it's a very, I don't want to say pure because nothing social media is pure, but it's, it's like the least annoying one that I, that I use. And I will say this, this guy does not pay us. Like we are not sponsored by go wild. So don't, don't think that this is one big ass ad for, for this guy's platform. It's not guys smart. It's a cool program. It's a cool platform. He's got a lot of really good thoughts about kind of the societal impacts of, of social media. And um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a good conversation. So, you know, check out the, check out the platform. Uh, it is pretty cool. It's a lot of yeah. fun. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I first downloaded it and got on there, I was a little bit overwhelmed. So if you, if you go on there for the first time, just take a deep breath, start poking around, you'll figure it out. Um, there's just a lot on there and you can do everything from shop to track workouts to uh, post trophies to trophies. Or when you listen to this podcast, you can, uh, you can put it on there. Just saying. Yes. You so. can do a lot. Yes. You can post and track all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's, 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 it's pretty sweet once you get figured out. So um, yeah, it's neat. It's a neat program. So well, we do, we do, we talk, we talk about uh, some pretty, pretty, I don't know, like supercharged topics uh, in the industry right now. So, you know, I get a little opinionated uh, in there. My bad y'all. So, but if you don't like it, tweet at me, hate tweet me at Ohio hunt. Yeah. And when I get uh, all wound up, I just can't talk. So um, <laughs> when I start stumbling over my words that, you know, that I was getting a little bit, you mispronounced his name, Brad. That was right. Off I'm going to, I'm going to, I mispronounced but, Mike Tonkovich's name on the beginning, but, but, the first 10 seconds. in, you're like, myself. I was laughing. That was good stuff. Anywho, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this week. And uh, if you get out to enjoy the outdoors, have a good time. Be safe. And we will talk to you soon. Oh, wait. 
And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful weekend and holiday with your family. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you enjoy the holiday that you celebrate. So, yeah. Take care, everybody. See ya. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, Tonight, we've got Paul on the line. Corey is off in the La La Land, like as, as usual per lately. Uh, but our, our real guest is Mr. Brett Bla- uh, Brad Luttrell from Go Wild. Uh, if you haven't heard of Go Wild, uh, you're missing out. But today you're going to have the opportunity to get caught up and brought up to speed on what Go Wild is, as well as some of the other topics that are bouncing around Um the social media world right now so brad welcome hey guys thanks for having me i'm excited to be here and chat with you all tonight we are very glad that you are here so uh paul and i are both uh members of go wild on, on platform but do you want to just explain a little bit of like what it is and how you started it and there's a lot there i understand so you, you could just take as much so time today, as that might be too much might be too much for one answer uh what it is is a social commerce platform and that's kind of a new thing for people but uh and that's not where we started you know it's it's become that because that's what people wanted at the end of the day so so as a social commerce platform what that means is it's a social app that has gear functionality built into it um it's not like you go on go out to shop and like look at shoes like my wife does right it's like totally different than that you guys you guys could vouch for that but if you if you wanted to and it doesn't have to have the commerce portion of it. You know, you might just go on to go out learn to learn something. But if you wanted to go on and like, hey, I want to figure out how to saddle hunt. You know, we have an awesome audience to learn how to saddle hunt from. You can come in and ask them what they're using. You can check out like Tethered, for example. You can go in and look at those products and you can see the people that are tagging these products and using them and see that product uh, in the field. You know, every time somebody's posting about a product we're capturing that and helping you figure out and learn more about that product so it's a really fun way to share content it's a fun way to learn about gear it's a fun way to learn about anything really we have almost 70 different topics we cover at this point Um, it operates more like a reddit so if you're used to forums you know if you guys the old art if there's any archery talk uh forum uh guys that used to surf that back in the day or you know randy newberg's got a forum a lot of you guys are probably already familiar with that you just haven't thought about it in that way we're very similar but people don't realize that because we're a visual forum it feels more like what you're used to with an instagram or a facebook uh, a company i despise but you know for visual comparison we'll we'll we'll, uh, say that because you're scrolling through visual content and it's a a shorter shelf life so content typically because there, there is a high volume of content coming through. Typically, most posts you're going to see were posted in the last 24 hours. And um, a few a few cool things that are nuanced, um, apart from a Reddit, which is what we're pretty close to with the forum side, or an Instagram or Facebook, you know, we have a, a trophy feature. You can, you know, load about, I think we're up to 250-some trophies that you can pick from and, and load up to. And the reason they're capped on, on the type is because we actually have a point system and the app knows that, uh, you know, a, a white-tailed deer is harder to kill than a squirrel or that, a, you know, a caribou is, is a more difficult pursuit than maybe a, maybe a white-tailed doe. And so it gives you uh, varying points. And this isn't like Boone and Crockett. You know, we're not trying to be Boone and Crockett. It's kind of a fun way to get points for what you do in the field. 
And same goes for if you go scouting or, or you shoot your bow, all these things are building points on your system, on your profile. And, and eventually, you know, you, you start unlocking rewards. So that's kind of the trifecta right there. You can shop, you can share socially, and then you get rewards. So the rewards come from, you know, if you buy something through us, you get points. If you leave gear reviews, if you invite your friends, if you post trophies, all that stuff build your profile score, which gets you uh, the, the rewards that we have in the system. And, uh, you know, uh, Andrew, you got the, the shirt on there, you know, free 99. Uh, <laughs> you can get a shirt, you can get sticker packs, you can get, um, uh, we have 25% off any Vortex item you want right now. And that's a lot of money when you start thinking about how much scopes and optics are. Uh, there's, there's all kinds. I mean, there's, there's literally dozens of these rewards you can earn, $25 gift cards to buy whatever you want. Um, 20% off coupons to apply even against a, like a garment, you know, you can buy a $1,500 garment at 20% off, which is a screaming deal. Um, so, so th that's, that's the ecosystem. That's the platform. There's a lot to it. Uh, honestly, there's too much to it. We're always trying to figure out ways to like simplify things and make it easier. But, um, as, as a whole, that's really what it's all about is sharing your story, learning as you go, um, getting intelligence on gear and then getting rewards. So, um, it started, you know, everybody's kind of always, it's kind of funny because people think, oh, you found a go out. You must be really good at hunting, but it's actually the opposite. I really sucked at hunting and I was trying to get better. I grew up in Southeastern Kentucky and Appalachia and, you know, I hunted small game with my dad. I fished with my dad. It was like bank fishing. Um, my dad likes being outside, but I wouldn't say he's hard. He's not a hardcore like woodsman. You know, he, he doesn't know um some of the stuff i see now getting posted on go wild these guys that are like trapping and you know uh can take a beaver pelt and turn it into like literally anything you can think of um that's not my dad but like love to hunt love to fish love to off-road like we got outside a lot growing up and then i went i went off to college and didn't do a lot of that stuff for four years and then came back into it af after college and really wanted to get more go beyond squirrels i always squirrel hunted uh, up until the last couple of years, that was a Thanksgiving tradition. My sister and I would go squirrel hunting um, on Thanksgiving morning. Like that was always our thing. But I, I started getting into whitetail because I just, it was interesting. I, I, um, I sucked at cooking when I started, but I really thought it was like a cool idea for the food side. And I've gotten hardcore into cooking now. And I'm, I'm actually at least a lot better at cooking venison. Um, I think I'm marginally better at acquiring it. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the thing I was noticing, man, was uh, we were kind of talking about this in, in, indirectly before we started recording. Learning to hunt was hard in, in 2016. Like YouTube was starting to pick up, but you didn't like literally in five or six years, the, the hunting public and, you know, what meat eaters doing with their stuff now. And, I, you know, I can, I can seek one. Look at what seek one's doing. Look at like Taylor Chamberlain, the urban bowman. Look at all this content that has hit YouTube now. It did not exist in 2016. I know because I was there. I was on forums and I'm, I'm reading a lot of these forums and I would read for 30 minutes on, um, you know, strategy for setting up a, a blind and they're all talking about box blinds or shooting houses. And then I'm, I'm reading and I'm reading. I'm like, these guys are in Texas. I, I don't have cacti. Like this is totally irrelevant to me. Right. And, and so the, you know, after doing that for literally, uh, season after season a couple years in a row and sucking like I, I got skunked a couple times um and I, I had 
I had gotten deer before I'd shot deer before I was just hunting with somebody that was really good. And then when I wasn't able to do it with him, I realized how much I sucked. So it kind of started this pursuit of trying to get good at whitetail hunting. And, um, you know, the, the concept came to me of, of a couple things, a couple things happened to kind of all at once, give me this idea. Um, I, I, a just not having a place to go and learn. Like, I just want to ask people from Kentucky how to do something. It's that simple. At the end of the day, I just want to be able to do, Hey, I am trying to learn about deer hunting in Kentucky help. And now you can do that on go wild. You can filter content by near me. You can start to connect with people that are in your area, in your state, and we make it really easy. Um, so that, that came through. But the other thing that happened was 2016, you know, put your, uh, history hat on here. If you can go back five years with me, um, the, the, Trump Hillary elections going on social media is what I, at the time I thought was the nastiest time we could possibly see in, in social uh, little did we know what was coming with 2020 right um, but but at the time I'm like this is crazy people are so mean to each other uh, I was getting trolled by uh, really literally like the boss of of my company gave me grief for shooting a deer and posting on Facebook and I was scouting for deer one day and thinking about that and thinking about how hard it was to learn how to deer hunt it occurred to me i'm like it is such a shame that you can't post about something that you care so much about like i i totally stuck at this but i love doing it i love trying to figure it out and the combination of all this stuff kind of hit me like a bag of bricks out in this field i was scouting in august you know getting all my stuff set up to to hunt this this new property i'd been working all year and you know at that point i remember thinking like I'm going to do something about it. Like, I wonder if I could build a platform that would do what I want to do. And I wonder if there's even demand for this. So that was in Southeastern Kentucky. I drove home to, uh, after, I basically had gone down to scout and get ready for deer season and hang some cameras. This is pre-sale cameras. And even if I don't think sale cameras are around, but even if they were, I wouldn't have had service because South, Southeastern Kentucky at that time had no cell phone service. When I would go hunt, there was nothing. Um, so I drove back and started just doing the research and everything. And within a couple of weeks, I had convinced myself that there was a huge opportunity here because I'm like, okay, Silicon Valley's building yoga apps. They're building cycling apps. They're building apps for designers. There's, there's communities for, uh, beer, like literally anything you wanted to get in, into with other people and have com community around, you could find it except for what I wanted to do. And you know, we weren't the first, there was a couple other ones out there. Um, but I was in advertising, I was a creative director at an ad agency and I, I was doing websites and branding and marketing and I'm looking at everything. And I'm like, I've never built an app before, but I can definitely do better than that. Like this sucks. Nobody's going to use that product. Those companies are all now dead. Uh, we ended up launching in, I found three guys to build it with me. We started right here in my basement where I'm recording right now over there on that couch, uh, $500, some pizza and beers. And then, you know, three months later, we got four co-founders and we're rocking and rolling and we launched it nine months later and called it go wild. That's a cool story, man. That's, that's, um, I'm going to touch on your, your hatred of Facebook. I, I feel like every episode I take a stab at Facebook on this podcast it's gotta so be more than that we you, gotta like every yeah you every you, five minutes a bell should ring and we should be like you know it's like we get a sponsor for this go out and sponsor it you guys will have yeah. like the the anti-facebook oh, bell that abs rings. absolutely <laughs> yeah I, I said it last week i was like get off facebook had to go wild so yeah um so let's 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 i mean we'll just dive into the, 
kind of those those big three, if you will, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and and kind of the the, the pressure and the censorship that that hunters and and outdoor you know enthusiasts are, are, are really starting to feel. I mean, I, I I'm on Twitter probably more than any social media. Facebook, Instagram, not not really my thing. But um, I mean, you look at you know someone will put a deer up, and inevitably you're going to see oh you murderer, you know, just some snide comment. I mean, it, it, like, it, at what point do people just say, I've had enough? And they either switch to go wild or they just stop posting. I mean, like, yeah. It's a good it's, question, man. I, and I get asked this a lot. And honestly, it's like, it's what I wrestle with probably most as a company. Um, you know, we, we've had a good, slow, steady growth since the beginning it's not like we've never exploded i told you we launched this in 2017 that was a beta so it was iphone only um looking back on it it was it was like good but it wasn't great um i think we have a great app now we launched our android app six months later it was not good uh android android took until probably 2019 to get decent and we still have a lot of like that app is definitely like we have work to do, but we've, we've operated as a small business in a lot of ways. Um, but I think like, you know, I think everybody thinks you're going to launch an app and all of a sudden you're going to have a million downloads and it just hasn't been that. Um, and honestly, the, the other companies that are out there too, haven't, they haven't done that. Like I, I've, I, I've seen the data from, from a lot of these other big apps out there and they'll, they'll tell you they have millions of users, but a lot of it is like, they're either lying or they're misrepresenting what's happened. And, and so we try to be really honest with ourselves um, and not try to overhype anything. You know, when we first came out, it's like the fastest growing, you know, because we couldn't say the biggest and all this stuff. And there's all these superlatives. And we just kind of decided to ditch it and just like, we're not going to talk about uh, the superlatives of like the best or the biggest or the, the fastest or whatever. And it's just like, we're a platform where you can come and do these things. And I think it's the best, but I try to keep that. I try, it may get in every now and then, but we try to keep that out of our marketing language now um, because I, I've kind of just accepted. I'm not going to try to tell people they need to delete Facebook or Instagram. Like that's not really something I'm ever going to be able to get convince anybody to do. I mean, I can't even convince family members to do it. It's kind of this thing that like, if you're going to do it, you're going to realize it on your own terms. You're going to realize one day, like, this is super freaking toxic, you know? And, and for me, I, I stayed on to Instagram. Um, I deleted Facebook, I think three years ago at this point, it was at the end of the year. And I just was like, this place is awful. All you all do is fight. Um, I literally have no, per every time I'm here, I get anxiety, right? It's like, if yeah. this was a party, I would, I would slap myself for attending, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, and, and so I, I kind of got into that point on Instagram, Instagram for a long time, stayed a little bit more pure, but then at the end of the, there was a certain point where I'm like, this is awful. Uh, but, but for me, like the Facebook files by the wall street journal, where they started documenting, um, 32% of our teen girls have body image issues directly attributed to Instagram. Like, I mean, that's just like Instagram is giving our, our, our little girls body image issues. Uh, uh, Facebook is, being used by drug cartels for recruitment, you know, uh, 6% of teen suicides in America are attributed to Instagram. That's from Instagram's own data. And Instagram's response to this was, well, the numbers are actually quite small when you look at it because 6% is a little number. But when you do that across millions of, of girls, it's like, it's huge. 
I can't even imagine having one suicidal teen that I knew about and just like, and writing that off. Um, so I got off of those platforms because like, I personally could not be a part of that. We go out has since pulled our budget from it. Uh, but with that said, like we still have some of my team members are still posting on Instagram that that's where their family is. And like, they know that I'm not there and I hate the platforms and you know, they're part of a team that like, we don't want to be a part of that either, but like, I can't tell somebody to personally stop. So I, I just throw that out there as like the first part of this answer is like, I won't tell you, you shouldn't be there. You know, if my team finds value in connecting with their family with that, that's fine. You know, my thing is um, for, for, there's just a certain, most people, most hunters, most anglers, I, I would bet a thousand dollars on this right now. If most, uh, if we took your audience and take a hundred of them, if they posted the same question on their Instagram account about whatever they like to do, hunting or fishing, and they posted it on our platform and marked it as a question, they're going to get more responses on Go Wild with zero followers. Like our platform is just better for that kind of content. And if you guys have been on there long enough, you've seen it. I mean, I, I, uh, I posted today, um, I have more followers on my LinkedIn account than my Go Wild account. Because we don't have it like it's not gamified to where you have to follow me. It doesn't auto follow anybody. Um, so I posted on my LinkedIn something today about uh, me speaking at Shot Show, and I kind of got busy. And I came back to my Go Wild account tonight, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got twenty some comments on here of people asking me questions about this." Like the engagement on Go Wild is really good. And so if if I like I posted last year that I was looking to um, size down my, my hunting round. And I think that that post had an insane amount of responses to it. Um, more than a hundred people commented on that and, and, you know, gave feedback on that. But what's cool about our platform is if you're posting and you put Mark as a question, the apps algorithm goes out and it says, okay, you're posting this into trout fishing here are, you know, a hundred people I think can help you answer this. And it's going to notify them. Now they may or may not answer, but you guys have seen it. You're going to get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people to answer you. And so that's like, instead of telling people, you know, these platforms are despicable, you should come over. Like, I'm just like, whatever you care about, we do it better. Like we just do it better. And it's like, you can come over and enjoy it and, and like get good responses. Now, again, we don't put that on our website of like, Hey, we're going to get you better responses because then you're still getting into superlatives. Like this is what we do from the marketing side. But if I'm talking to people like you guys, just friend to friend here, that's my thing. I'm like, we're just, you're going to get a better experience for hunting and fishing on Go Wild. And I've noticed that when you get the questions and stuff or comments, I'm sure it happens from time to time, but very rarely is there any like trolling or negative comments. It's positive. I mean, people are legitimately trying to help you. It's not just snide comments or and stuff along the way. Like you'll see on a lot of things. Um, yeah. You but know, I, I, honestly, man, um, people, you know, I've, I've been asked that question or co had that comment a lot of people asking like, what did you do? And really, I think, I think the biggest thing that we did to help prevent that was put ourselves out there. You know, you join the platform, you, you get direct messages automatically. Now I tell people, I don't try to hide this. Like the first message you get is automated from me, but if you respond back, I see it. And you know, I could show you guys right now, I've got, you know, a handful of these that I haven't responded to. Uh, there's 11 of them that I haven't responded to that came in today. Um, 
the people that responded to that you you get brought in and there's this ecosystem you're going to hear from erica and chris and me and you get all these emails and you feel very welcome and when you welcome people into something it just sets the tone for the conversation you know somebody walked up to your door and you know you told them to get the hell off your porch like out of the gate you're like whoa things are kind of contentious here right like <laughs> you, you might reach for your everyday carry at that point right. um you know the but but and that that's what it's like on most social media platforms you know it, i don't know about you guys but i've had death threats on instagram over posting hunting content and with go wild like out of the gate it's welcoming you're like oh cool i mean people tell me all the time like whoa cool the co-founder said hi to me you know that's like they don't they aren't used to that on other platforms and we do that because we really care about each individual person's experience. And so if it means, uh, you know, I've sat down and I've, I've answered on like peak season days, I've gone through 200 people in, in like set for an hour and a half on the couch and just DM'd with people and responded back to them of like, welcome aboard. Um, and, and, and I think us doing that has at least like out of the gate, you're getting a, a different environment than you're used to. That's my only thing. I can only thing I can figure because I, I really don't know why you would be a turd over here and, you know, nice over here. Um, you know, I think it, I think if you just walk up and your guard can be let down a little bit and we don't have to worry about like vegans telling us to go kill ourselves. You know, you can be nice. Like it's like deer camp. That's what I was people are like, well, what's the platform like? And it's it's like fish camp or deer camp. You know, you're hanging with your buddies. That's really what it's like. You can take the high road. I'll tell people get off of facebook so <laughs> delete it it, it i mean dude i so. i will all the stats i rattled <laughs> off are true and, and it yeah. goes deeper than that too uh i mean they, it's a despicable platform they know <laughs> they know about um they know about how they do studies to see how it affects you psychologically yeah. not to see like is our platform toxic they already know it is it's usually tied back to monetization. It's tied back to how addictive can they make it? It's tied back to how much can we get you to click on advertising? And that is only going to get worse. If anybody, um, I don't want to nerd out too much because people will snooze fest on us, but iOS 14, when that came out on your iPhone, it's a software update and it, uh, it stopped Facebook from being allowed to track. Okay. They used to track across all these different apps and they had this insane amount of data. And, and it allowed them to uh, convert really well for advertisers. And so when they stopped being allowed to do that, they've had to find other ways to try to get this data. And, and so you can pretty much guarantee it's not going to get better from here because they have less to work with than they've ever had before. And it, I mean, you're talking about the same platform that gets 200,000 rulings wrong a day. The, this is the same platform that is so rife with suicides and beheadings and just like insane stuff that they have to deal with that. Like a lot of this is the reason hunting content is where it is. It, it, a lot of this is not even like Facebook hates hunting people. I mean, they would behoove me to say it is this platform is so toxic with crap that they, they can't even say like, they don't really even have that nuance of an opinion on hunting. It's just like, Eh, this is muddy and I don't really want to take the time to figure out if your dead deer was ethical or not, or if, if this is offensive or not, I see blood, there's a gun, you guys are out of here. That's basically, they put us in a bucket with suicides, beheadings, and all this other stuff. And this is not Brad making this stuff up. 
I, I have spoken on – I'm speaking on a panel at SHOT Show with Chuck Rossi. If you don't think he's – like, you can look up Chuck. He was one of the first uh, – tw- I think he was one of the first 20 employees at Facebook. He literally wrote the book on their rules. He's uh, decided how they would enforce these rules, and he still has deep ties to Facebook in terms of uh, the colleagues there. Chuck will tell you the same thing. He's like, yeah, a lot of this isn't even beef with the gun industry or the hunting industry. It's the same thing with CBD. It's the same thing with legal marijuana. They all deal with the same stuff because Facebook says, ah, this is morally complicated. I'm not dealing with this now. You guys are, you know, uh, deplorable. So we're going to put you in a bucket over here and we don't want to deal with you. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about it. Like I mentioned, the, the drug cartels, that's a proven fact. Facebook knew that drug cartels were recruiting through their platform. Uh, you know, it's the same, same way with, you know, any military or any um, religious extremist has been proven to do this. Like, that's what you're signing up for. And every time you use the platform, you, you're making money for that. So, you know, there, I doubled down on it. How's that? Good. Fair <laughs> enough. Preach. So, preach. So, You've had just kind of measured growth, controlled growth, whatever you want to call it. So when when Go Wild gets that pop, and it's it's going to, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah I think it'll be next year. Their foot in there. We, yeah, we got you, we got a good budget coming happen. in. Good. So how do you protect the ecosystem that you've created, where it's it's not full of trash, it's not toxic? I mean, I I joined Facebook a couple of years ago just to get on some duck hunting forums. I was on there for 10 minutes. I'm like, I, I, I can't even, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. It was just, it was just bitching and complaining and talking shit. I don't like that. <laughs> forums are funny, man. It's like they you, are, you, you post on a Facebook group and people, people are like, that's been asked before. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. how do oh, you yeah. all ever grow? Like, how does anybody ever get the balls to post a question on here? Because yeah, all exactly. you all do is yell at each other. It's yeah. crazy. Um, how, but how, how, how do you as the co-founder and the, yeah. you know, the guy that's in charge of, of go out, how do you protect your baby? Yeah. From, you know, I, Cause it, it's going to happen. You're going to, it's going to happen. Yeah. In. And it, it does happen. Um, I honestly, it's, I'll start getting tagged in and stuff when, when it starts, I see it every now and then. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got my OG guys that have been on there since 2017 or 18 and they'll start tagging us or, or they'll start reporting content. And, you know, we're, we're a tech company that feeds into a, a system that um, goes in for human review and our team looks at it and we discuss it and we look at our terms of service. And sometimes there's content that I don't agree with or like, and I can't do anything about it because it, just because it's something that I wouldn't post as Brad doesn't mean it breaks our terms. Now, here's where we have nuance though. Um, and this is where uh, I, I, you know, some, you guys have probably done this. You report something on Instagram or Facebook. It comes back and they're like, yeah, that didn't violate our terms of service. Uh, hunter harassment on Go Wild violates our terms of service. So if you come in yeah. and you want to bully a kid for shooting a spike, you're out of here. You know, we don't tolerate that. Yeah. And that's where this is where the it's like a, a hard thing to explain to people because they're like, yes, Go Wild is my First Amendment platform. And I'm like, yeah, we are until you are not. Like, if you think your First Amendment rights <laughs> let you troll people for, you know, shooting a crossbow or for shooting a spike or for shooting a deer that should have been let walk, like, we don't do that. If it's a legal take, we allow it and we celebrate it. And so our terms, when you dig into them, um, we, we really have tried to write ter- terms of service that allow the community to, to share and it's uh, and to promote the idea of like, if you don't like it, just keep going, keep your mouth shut, keep scrolling. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what will happen at scale if that becomes like all of a sudden 20 percent, 30 percent of our content is that. 
Uh, right now, we have a really good system set up through um, a little bit of automation, a little bit of human review. Most things go untouched. I mean, I don't have to come in and tell people not to be a dick because usually by the time I get there, uh, our 30 our, other people have 30 other people. I do. I mean, right. If you post anything, I, I would say there's a 40 to 60 percent chance in that range that if you posted about either Biden or Trump on Go Wild, people are going to tell you like, whoa, pump the brakes. We don't do that here. Like they're yeah. just so sick of politics, especially yeah. after the last two years. It doesn't matter what your politics are. People don't really want to have that on our platform. We don't have to do anything with that to keep any amount. We, I don't really want it there either because I feel like every other platform is full of that stuff. Now, where it gets a little nuanced is like, you know, if there's something that is being passed that is uh, for Biden or Trump or whoever, if it is related to conservation, it's related to hunting, fishing. Like I see a lot of stuff coming through from Sportsman's Alliance, uh, you know, we'll see stuff getting posted from them on legislation that's going to impact uh, hunting or fishing. Like we love that kind of stuff. I don't really yeah. like I don't want to see us turn into a platform that just like every little thing. Like you, you said, you're on Twitter. This is what Twitter does. Right. It's like every little thing is dissected. And we, we don't really want to be that. Um, you know, we 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 even have it in our terms trying to encourage people to not just start posting random politics on there our platform yeah. it's like it's like keep it as it relates to conservation and 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 that's not a that's a bipartisan statement right like i don't really care about red or blue like if it's if it's about furthering conservation and as it relates to hunting and fishing you know cool we can talk about it but let, let's not get dragged into some of the stuff that has literally littered social media for the last two years yeah. and my mute list on twitter is a mile long man i i I, I mute everything, <laughs> every major news That's, story. Mute, yeah, mute, dude. Mute. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work to like curate the perfect news feed on Twitter. Uh, I, uh, I, I was on Twitter since 2009. And then last year, um, I posted about Dan Crenshaw's book, Fortitude. I read it, thought it was good. Mm -hmm. And I was posting about it. And um, I, if you're not familiar with this, it's about how uh, social outrage, um, like people, manufactured outrage. And how people just get themselves worked up over stuff that they shouldn't be. Well, I, I tweeted this. Uh, I posted about it on LinkedIn. That I thought it was a good book. And um, I tweeted about it. And I had like, it was a long post on LinkedIn. So I kind of did the thread thing. And I didn't know, this was such bad timing. I didn't know that the Brianna. I posted it the day the Brianna Taylor stuff took off. I didn't even really know about Brianna Taylor yet. And so, and I'm in Louisville for anybody who didn't put that together. Uh, so I'm posting about like manufactured outrage and all this stuff at the same time that bring out people, literally seven people, I think got shot downtown at the, like the very hour I was posting this stuff. I started going viral for all the reasons you don't want to go viral for. Oh, man. Uh, I got, I got attacked by this super liberal journalist and then some food blogger went off a rocker on me. And all of a sudden I'm watching the retweet account of all the attacks on me going, bloop, 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 bloop. I'm like, Nope. I deleted my whole freaking Twitter. Yeah. Like deleted it. I'd been on there since 2009. I was like, not going viral today. <laughs> and uh, I'm back there now. I, uh, it's kind of funny because I reclaimed my old handle because uh, I guess uh, no other Brad Luttrell's came in to be on Twitter in that like three month. They didn't want that, that smoke, there. man. No, no. But it was funny. Um, and I've, I've since like blocked that 
crazy lady uh on all my accounts because she i got lit up and i was, I tried to tell them i tried to like casually like whoa, whoa, whoa i didn't know anybody was getting shot i didn't know about i didn't know about yeah. all this police stuff that was going on i was just posting about a book that i read that has literally nothing to do and it's like you're so insensitive <laughs> you know all this outrage <laughs> um so i oh, i have God. been on i feel like pretty much any platform you want to come up with like i've probably been attacked with insane outrage on it you know literally oh almost God. anything have, you can think of all. yeah all right brad so, so the uh first of all don't let it become that because that was part of the reason i got off of facebook was uh was it the summer of 2020 we we were going through a lot and as a country and i just got to the point where it was like every post was giving me that so not out i don't call social outrage but anxiety or or just yeah adding yeah, to it there to the point where anxiety's like, right there, there was a uh I, I can't remember the number and i'm i'm notorious for quoting stats that i can't really remember but there was more depression and anxiety meds prescribed last year i think than ever before because yeah. <laughs> everything that was going on i mean you start every all the posts and back and forth and, and we all know it didn't it doesn't solve anything and so no, man that's what that's the refreshing part of of go wild and like I always say I don't go to church to listen to politics. And when I don't get on social media, like or if I want to get on and see something about hunting, I don't need politics in there too. Like I just want yeah. the, I want to see the pictures. I want to hear the stories, see what's going on, what's new gears out there, all that kind of stuff. And that's the, that really is the beauty of, of your app. Yeah. And, and while we don't, um, I think I want to say this. So while we don't, it's uncensored right like you can you can people have people don't understand what uncensored means on social media and and they kind of think they they understand one side of it and 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 like throttled or shadow banned it's like oh when i talk about this i get shadow banned um but a lot of that stuff goes back into these other platforms they don't if you talk about you're doing like a, a prs competition they don't know the difference between comp competitive shooting and a, an active school shooting like they're not they're not getting into the nuance of this stuff. That's why you're getting shadow banned. That's why you're getting throttled. So it's different with us, but we do optimize our content for the good hunting stories. We optimize for people who are giving back to our platform. So like I'll I'm not going to pull back the curtain on everything of what we do because I don't want it to be hackable, but like one thing our platform looks at for reach is not only a post quality score on the algorithm side, it looks at a profile quality score and how much are you engaging with other people and helping them, you know? And, and so uh, if you are there contributing, answering questions, you're, you're contributing to other people's uh, and, and like engaging with others a lot. We like that. But if, if you're just there spouting, which is what a lot of influencers, a lot of stirs uh, on, on social media are, you know, they're, they're throwing stuff out there to stir something up. They're only commenting on their posts. They don't read content. They don't engage with anybody's content. They're just there to kick up dust and to cause trouble. And, and so within our platform, we can kind of optimize for the people who are really there and good members of the community. They get the reach. That's like one example of how we are trying to solve for what you guys are talking about with, with um, I mean, I'm, my co-founder is a data scientist, so it's not like me some marketing guy that built this thing. I mean, my other co-founder, Chris, who's a developer, um, I mean, he interned at NASA. He's launched a satellite with NASA. He's, he's very smart. Um, and so we've tried to build this in a way that optimizes towards what we want 
and you know you can go on and post about that you know the politics and stuff and somebody's probably going to tell you to like hey this isn't facebook um but the best the best thing we can do is just like oh man but when i post about my scouting or the recipes or my trophies like that's when i get really good engagement and feedback you know the the thing that the flip of that just for an example because that may sound really obvious to some people they're like yeah of course you do that brad but when you realize the for anybody that really wants to see what a terrible company facebook is read facebook the inside story and the the author Stephen levy who's a journalist who did all this years of reporting he found the negative content was seven times more viral on facebook because of it was the opposite of what i just said right everything i just said is like yeah that would optimize towards good meaningful content creators and Facebook, um, they, they did manipulate elections. I don't care which side of the aisle you were on. This this happened. They allowed people to manip manipulate, I should say. Um, and and a lot of that was leaning into the fact that stirring the pot, getting people worked up, got way better engagement. And and it got, you know, it's, it's basically created this polarized world where people post content into these platforms and you may write something that says like, I'm just going to use an example here. This is not Brad's opinion. I'm using an example that we can all relate to. You may write something that says vaccines are good because they limit you to, uh, from getting sick. Like that's a statement of fact, right? Like I think anybody in history would know that a vaccine does limit you, but here's what social media does to this. Anyone who doesn't get a vaccine doesn't care about America. Like, that's where that that statement of fact gets taken to right like now uh you have that side of it and then there's like the other side of it where people might say a statement of fact of like i'm not yet comfortable with this vaccine the the other end of the polarization of that is like this vaccine is bs it's been shoved down our throat right it's like the language language matters man like i'm a copywriter by trade that's what i came up through the advertising ranks as this stuff really matters. And, and what people have figured out, because that's what these algorithms favored, is that the more polarized we are, the more people respond, the more viral my content can be. And, and we've, there's entire media organizations that have spun out of these algorithms favoring that type of content on both sides of the aisle. You know, I gave two examples here that no matter, I'm guessing one, most of our listeners here lean one way uh favor one way than another on the politics side but i gave two examples of content that what we've all seen right it's two different sides of the aisle and you can see how both of those went from statement of fact to like i'm going to really piss some people off quickly and that's what facebook does really well they stir the pot really well that's what twitter does really well and they create these little echo chambers of people and, and we've been accused of this, too, of creating an echo chamber, which is not what we're trying to do. I'm just trying to give people a place to where they can at least engage with people that understand deer hunting or whatever. Like like I said, uh, you know, when Paul asked, it's like, I'm not trying to tell you you should never post on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever again. But I'm trying to give you a place to where if you want to learn, you can. But, you know, these, these platforms have created these echo chambers where the algorithm, think of it this way. You guys, you know, you got a big waterfall. When a waterfall starts, uh, it, it, water can start to kind of get split off, right? It can run one side or the other. I was just running in uh, the Cumberland Gap yesterday, and there was an entire waterfall that kind of uh, sprinkled off into this ditch away from the main feed, right? Like that can happen. 
that's what happens with these echo chambers. So the, the algorithm is looking at tons of stuff. I mean, there's sometimes hundreds of factors at what they're looking at. And, and it may identify that Paul engaged with content about hunting. So now I'm only going to show Paul content about hunting. Okay. Paul now um, engages with content about hunting that also has hashtag don't censor me or, or don't tread on me or whatever. It's like, so now you've got another batch and it's like a subset of a subset. So now we put away all that other content and now it's up here. And then like, it keeps putting you into these bubbles until it realizes like, okay, when we serve this kind of content, this is what gets Paul to engage best, right? And so that's where these echo chambers come into play. And now you go back to my first example of the, again, two statements of fact that turned into really polarizing comments. You can imagine if you're, you know, uh, hesitant on the vaccine or you're hardcore, you should get vaccinated. You can imagine how you get into these bubbles of like these fringes, right? On both sides. So this is where it all gets dangerous, man. Like, I don't want to be, <laughs> I, I lose sleep over you guys ask like what happens when the, when everybody comes and turns this into a toxic place or like what happens people ask me, like, what do you, somebody asked me tonight on, on go out of, um, you know, what success look like. I would love to have 10 million people participating on this platform, but these are the kinds of things that give me anxiety is I don't want to create these, these little bubbles where we don't have meaningful dialogue and that we don't have discussion you know that wasn't like ever what we set out to do it's just that we saw this share of voice being dwindled because of this automation on social media of like again facebook i'm looking at beheadings i'm looking at suicides i'm looking at public shootings there's been shootings that have been live streamed on facebook right they're lumping us in with all that stuff and just saying well, i don't want to deal with this we get two hundred thousand things a day wrong already i'm not going to deal with this hunting crowd it's such a small percentage of the billions of people that we deal with it's not worth it right so we're trying to give a share of voice to this audience to where you can go and connect with other people it's all i just rambled for 10 minutes if nothing else i hope people out of under of hearing that understand how complicated this is you know it, it, it it's a, it's a there's a lot of um I keep saying nuance, but that's really what it is. It's there's people ask me sometimes like, what books are you reading on, on starting these, you know, it's called vertical social where it's a, like a, a niche, like what books are you reading? I'm like, dude, I don't know. There's no, there's no books out there that I've read on building a, a vertical social app that are helpful. I haven't found anything particularly helpful on that front yet. How many members do you have? Man, we don't disclose that number. Oh, okay. um, it's in the hundreds of thousands okay. and that's, that's about as much as we say publicly. Gotcha. So one of the, I have, I, I have two, two topics that I want to discuss. One is I think going to lead into, in, you know, into the next conversation, but so let's, let's talk about creators, content creators on social media. Obviously you mentioned a couple seek one hunting public, um, all these guys born and bred Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, where how how does go wild fit into that kind of that content creation um are you are you bringing in you know are, are guys like that are they actively engaged on 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 go wild is there you know new people being being born so to speak on go wild new creators yeah that's that's two i'm going to separate that because you yeah. have you have two really good questions there um there are there's a group of creators that we we have identified and we're working with next year um a few of those, the hunting public, we'll, we will be working with them on their podcast all next year. Uh, Parker McDonald, Bo Martonic, 
um, we, we'll be working with Dan Johnson. Um, they're, they're, we really like podcasters. You can't tell, uh, but, but like, uh, Eric Clark, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Eric Clark. He was the founder of where to hunt. He's got the OKS hunter podcast. Um, we, we've got a lot of guys like this that we really like. Um, I think Cindy Stites is going to write for us. Uh, Cindy's a great, um, uh, wildlife mentor. So we're looking for people who are great storytellers who, um, can write content for us and we i mean it's paid it's it's this is i'm really not a fan of like free 99 work um so our hope is to like like with Bo, Bo's built a great brand but Bo's become known as um you know one of the uh uh up and coming what uh you know he hunts like big woods whitetails in, in appalachia and um he's gotten a lot of notoriety about it. he's working with a lot of big brands we like his content. I've known Bo since well before he ever really started to blow up. Um, and, and, and we like people like that, you know, um, I, I Parker McDonald, you know, still on his way up. You guys know him probably from Dan. He's uh, been on our show before. Yeah. He's yeah, a real good guy. Dude, he's super smart when it comes to white. Yeah. Too. Oh, God, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like Parker a lot. I've known Parker since the very early days of his show. And, um, you know, we, we decided to work with him this year. So from the creator side, I, I tell guys too, like, I, I would love to work with you to help monetize your channel if you get demonetized or to help you, uh, even if you are monetized, to help find another revenue stream for you guys. There's a couple of ways we can do that. We can pay, we're paying right now outright for their expertise. You know, the, again, Parker, super smart, Bo, super smart. So they're going to be writing things. Some of it's going to be gear reviews. You know, we're selling gear now. So that's valuable to us to help people understand if this gear's fit for you. Um, we're, so that's part of it. We'll be doing, uh, you know, this podcast advertising, like, Hey, let us, you know, talk to your audience. Um, so supporting that way, we also have an affiliate program and you guys should totally get on board with this too. We, uh, we pay 10% on the affiliate side. So if, if you guys post about gear and sell it, you get a 10% cut last I checked and I'm this, this is wrong. So I'll say that, uh, last I checked, it is like 3% from Cabela's. So like if you sell a Garmin, no matter what we make off that sale, you get a flat 10. Um, it's awesome. Like that's a great opportunity for creators. We've been trying to find good creators to work with on that front. Um, I think we have the highest paying affiliate that I've seen in the outdoor space uh, across, across as many categories as we cover. So there's a lot of ways we're trying to monetize for them in that way. And it's, you know, again, it's, um, I think it's very beneficial to both sides in terms of bringing people up. You kind of ask about that. Uh, it's kind of similar. We have people who have established themselves in our platform that have been there a long time and they get great engagement. Mike Larson from Michigan is one of these guys. He's a, he, he was a firearms instructor in the Navy um and he, he did weapons and special training i can't special weapons and i can't remember his exact title but uh uh i've shot with mike and he is incredibly knowledgeable and then he was a he was a um a police officer for 30 years i think and he's also one of the best woodsmen i've ever met incredibly knowledgeable guy on the platform mike gets not always but like some of his posts go crazy viral in our platform um, he's, he gets some of the best engagement on go wild. Uh, and again, he's really helpful. He's helped a lot of people. He's commented on a lot of stuff. He gets tagged in a lot of stuff. Now, I mean, guaranteed if somebody, uh, tags that they just trapped a beaver, their first beaver, Mike's getting tagged on that post. 
I did. I just saw it last week. Somebody trapped their first beaver. They weren't sure sure what to do with the tail. Guess who got tagged? Mike. Um, and, and so Mike is going to be working with us. Uh, he already does some gear reviews as a field tester with us. So he's got his own affiliate code and some stuff like that. But uh, I think next year we'll be working with Mike. He's going to be writing content for us. So um, that's a guy that literally, um, I think Mike told me he never had a social media platform before Go Wild. So like we, we are, he became an influencer within our platform. So it happens. Very cool. Paul. So I would assume, oh, I would assume that you are 100% in support of YouTube and Facebook and Instagram demonetizing hunting <laughs> platforms. Right. And we want to talk about driving, driving um, traffic. From a business perspective, it's good for us yeah. when that stuff happens. Um, when, when, it, it like it you know it feels like a punch in the gut to me yeah uh, i felt really bad for lee i know lee um i've met lee i've talked to lee multiple times uh with seek one and um you know we and and, and uh you know i I've, i had a lot of conversations with lee and then i found out they got demonetized and i'm like man that i feel bad for you because i know what you built up like yeah. part of me i mean part of me is like yeah, if the faster you uh, Facebook and everybody like TikTok bans guns automatically, it's in in their AI that can scan for guns and take that content down. I've had it happen to me. Posted a picture of me holding a gun with some stupid song behind it from a buddy's bachelor party, just to because I was experimenting with TikToks. We we were looking at posting there. I got dele- it got deleted in two minutes. You don't right. do that with humans. That's that's automation. Um, you know, I see all that, and then like part of me knows that our prediction in 2016 which the business prediction was that if hunting harassment was allowed at the level it was being allowed that eventually policy would catch up because you had already kind of as a platform decided your policy if you're going to allow it and it did and then it's gone even deeper and now you have brands that are uh at the end of uh, mid-october through the end of october you guys may have seen this Instagram started pulling brands and influencers ability to link out to their websites from the Instagram share link uh, because they had violated terms. And, and it was mostly, it wasn't mostly hunting and firearms. Again, it got lumped into other industries, but like it's mostly within our space. It wasn't happening to, to fishing companies, but it might, people didn't think that fishing content would be deleted by Facebook, but it's being deleted right now because fish bleed before they die. I don't know if you guys knew that you're supposed to kill a fish where you eat it. So uh, (laughs) it's like, this is the slippery slope we live in. And so part of me sees all that happening. And I, I know it's good for go out's business, but it hurts when you know, these guys like Lee who have worked so hard to build up something through really great content. And, you know, Lee was able to get his account overturned, but like, if I was him, Dude, I would, I would not feel great about that. I mean, what, what, okay. Yeah. You had it overturned once, but what, what stops it from happening again? Go out, got, um, we've, we've been kicked off or banned from almost every platform from the advertising perspective at some point or another, we got banned on Facebook and it took, it took me eight weeks to get it overturned. Um, and I had to pull some deep level strings to get it overturned. And then it happened to us again at the end of, uh, in September, and you know it's it's like we had just gotten it overturned four months earlier and and it came back again so like i'm i'm very against it from the perspective of 
I know these guys, it happens to, I don't think it's right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good for business. Cause when I've never gotten more DMS about YouTube than when seek one got demonetized. I mean, I was getting, I was getting three or four an hour for like five days in a row. Are you guys going to build YouTube for the outdoors? Like people were blowing us up about that. We're not, by the way, that's insane. <laughs> it's like people, people have no idea what they're asking when they say that, uh, like video is the hardest thing in social media and to go out and build a monetizable platform for creators for the outdoor space in general. Like, I don't think anybody's going to do it and it sure ain't going to be me if it is. Yeah. It's, uh, mind boggling there for sure on the, on the demonetization stuff. And I know other podcasts have talked about it, but basically if, you know, they, what did they change their rules to, if you show impact shots or like gutting of the animal and that kind of stuff that they were going to demonetize, they were not going to be able to make money off of the ads that were played in their videos. Is that basically right. that's, that's right. So it came out. Um, I think it came out in July and what's interesting is it didn't hit seek one immediately. This, this happened, I think in September, October. So the rule had changed. They didn't realize it because I mean, as often as social media terms change, who goes through and reads them all. And I don't know, I haven't talked to Lee um, since then to know if they had to go back in and delete content um, going forward. They'll have to edit it in line with that though. The terms say, I read it. It says, um, you can't have the impact shot, but it doesn't say it wasn't worded exactly. Like you said it, it was, uh, it's more of like the processing of wild game. So, so it's like, you can't teach people to cook, get their own food. Right. I well, mean, and, but you bring up like, okay, so how's Texas going to feel about this when you, it's the same thing catches up to barbecue. You can't do whole hog. You can't do, uh, show people how to cut a brisket like that's the slippery slope we live on again when i started this until 2016 we felt that fishing was going to get caught up eventually because we were getting trolled on our instagram account uh when we would post saltwater stuff because people get really worked up over you know things they see in in finding nemo uh you know it's like the any you know uh i've heard ronella say like anytime you shoot something that's on kids pajamas you're going to get in trouble you know, giraffes, lions, right? Like it's pretty good metric really. Um, and, and now literally, uh, you know, uh, my, one of my buddies runs a really successful saltwater company and they have a Facebook group that has, I don't know, 20 or 30,000 people. And maybe it's, maybe it's a hundred thousand. I don't remember. I don't really care. Um, but the, they have photos that just disappear. They get deleted because it's, it's dead fish, you know? That's crazy. Now, but I still watch a lot of YouTube videos that have, I don't want to say graphic, but I mean, it's the whole video as far as I can tell. Well, yeah, but that's that. So demonetized doesn't mean taken down. Demonetized means I can't make money on it. It doesn't even mean that YouTube won't make money on it. They might still make money on it. They just saying you can't make money. My question was like, there's still ads. I still get the ads in there. So that just means that those guys aren't making the money, but YouTube's still getting the ads in there. That's right. YouTube punishes you because you didn't listen to them, but the almighty dollar YouTube's going to get theirs. Now, what happens, and this is where, you know, it gets a little tricky. Um, let's say this isn't what happened. And we want to, well, let's see, this wasn't even Seek 1. This was Seek 2, totally different group. Seek 2 got demonetized. Let's say they said, F you, YouTube. We're not going to listen to you all. 
and we're going to shut off ads on our app because you can control that, right? If you're going to allow ads to be shown on your videos, if they do that, now YouTube has no incentive to allow their videos to be circulated in the algorithm. So, you know, all those little recommended videos at the end or the thumbnails that show up when you search for something like you might also like, all that stuff goes in the algorithm. So if you're now an account that YouTube can't make money on, they have no incentive to show your content to anybody. This is where it's lose-lose, man. So when when these social media companies, when they, and I'm going to do air quotes, when they attack hunting or fishing creators, I mean, you said that a lot of it's just automated. We just get lumped into a group with, you know, some yeah. really nasty shit. Is YouTube it, is it more though. than that? I mean, is it? Yeah, is YouTube, it like, this was totally targeted. That's and that's 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 what I'm that's what I, I feel like I feel like this is like a targeted attack because of the you know the perception that hunting has specifically hunting. No, you're right. You know, with yeah. with non hunters. No, no, the uh, the stuff I'm talking about that like we do get lumped in a lot with um with policies and and with the AI side of it. A lot of times, uh, like like I, got, I had this happen on LinkedIn recently. The AI happened to uh, not even AI. So what when I say I what triggers AI a lot of times is five people report your post or 25 people. I think is what it used to take on Instagram to get that automatic screen over the, I don't know what it is now. Um, so what happens is like bands of vegans just follow popular accounts and they're like, man, you know, they all report everything every time it gets posted and boom, the you know artificial intelligence scans it. It can reasonably identify within probably 80 to 90% certainty that there's a dead animal. And they say, yep, we're going to automate this. And then it can get reviewed. And then it can get overturned. Um, so this happened to me on LinkedIn. I had a post. Uh, I get an email from LinkedIn that says my post was taken down, violated community guidelines, but they let me appeal it. I appealed it, and uh, it was deemed as not professional content. I put all the, all the rationale in there. I'm like, the hunting industry is totally a thing. I'm a CEO of a tech company in the hunting industry. It also is a huge contributor to the economy. Uh, it's, it employs more people than Walmart. Like you can't say that this is not professional content just because you aren't in this profession that they, they reviewed it. And I got an email within like 24 hours that says, Hey, you're right. We were wrong to, to take this down. It's back up. We're sorry. I actually got an apology. No, it's all, I'm sure it's all BS script, but like, I was like, wow, they said, sorry. I haven't seen that from Facebook. Um, so, so like it can go the other way too. Um, but, but for the most part, like the automation side of it, imagine again, they get 200,000 things wrong out of 2 million things that get reported a day. Um, and, and when you're looking at volume, you know, it's like how you already got 65,000, uh, 70,000, 70,000 employees. How much more bloated are you going to get to get into the nuance of like, well, weed's not legal in that state. <laughs> But it's, it's like, you know, put, put your hat on for these other things that they're filtering through, too. That's what I was saying, like in the automation side. But there's totally targeted things like TikTok is super anti-gun. You can't post a picture of a gun. They don't, even, they don't want anything to do with your, your firearms. Um, LinkedIn, as much as I love that platform, because I, I, I have great reach there. Like, it's kind of a sleeper for our industry because there's, I mean, literally half the country uh, more than half the country has guns and I can talk about it on there and stuff goes crazy viral because there's nobody else talking about it. Um, so I do like that platform a lot, but I've learned if I want to say uh, like I'll, I'll often misspell the word firearm because I'm pretty sure it gets me throttled when I, when I type firearm. I mean, it's like obvious that they're just chat, like they're throttling content 
based off of a single word. words. Yeah. yeah. Targeted. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of talk about, we've talked a lot of like societal impacts of, of, of social media. And let's talk about like, and, and, and this is, I have really strong opinions about this and I, I'm, I'm not going to share them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I will, but the relationship of content creators and kind of the hunting industry or not even the industry, just the activity that we all, that we all love. Um, I think it's a very slippery slope. I think a lot of, a lot of people do it for money. I think a lot of people do it for the right reasons and and you define, not, not you, but I mean, each individual kind of defines those, um, you know, on their own, you know, Matt Ranella, you know, we, we could talk about that. Um, you know, is there a responsibility of content creators and people that use social media to kind of post pictures responsibly? Um, you know, one, one thing that I absolutely like drives me nuts is when someone just mauls a deer with a shotgun. And I mean, there's do this thing, you know, jaws hanging off and there's blood everywhere and there's gut pile in the background and you, and you see a picture of some guy and oh, dad got it done today. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, you look ridiculous. Clean right. that deer up. Like, have a little respect. That drives me nuts. I mean, do you think there is some sort of responsibility with people, or is it just a free for all? Do whatever you want. Yeah. So if I if I put on my, there's kind of a couple different hats I could wear to answer that. My like God loving American First Amendment hat. You can put it on, and say, and this is what they do. It's like I can post whatever I want. Sure. And that's that's a rationale, right? Technically, you can't do that because there's terms of service, and we've already talked about all the reasons you can't just post what you want, um, even on our platform. Um, you, you know, you you can take the headshots, you can you can do whatever you. We can post the gore, you can post the deer in the back of the truck with the beer cans. Yeah, you can do that if that's your thing. You can do that. Where, and and it, there is a small portion of Matt Ranella's points that I agree with, and I will follow that up with saying i strongly disagree with most of what he says and the 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 part i agree with though is there is a huge problem with how a lot of hunting content gets presented i actually wrote an article um there was a story in the bitter southerner which is a southern magazine it's kind of bougie um it's like it's like uh it's like hipsters you know hipsters see a lot of things in uh redneck culture and they adopt it flannel pallet furniture you know it's like all <laughs> there's all these things that make it from redneck culture and i can say this because i'm from appalachia like there's all these things that make it uh, over to that side of the house um the bitter southerner is kind of one of those that like you know it kind of pulls from this this culturally but it's a little bougie they had this guy write an article uh called why i don't hunt anymore and a lot of it was identifying with this persona that Ranella, Matt Ranella, and and you um, you kind of just identified of like this combination of um, people who aren't as thoughtful with the presentation. Um, they they're they come across as like bloodthirsty maniacs. I mean that's that's what a lot of it looks like to somebody that isn't in at least the hunting circle. Because, I mean, honestly, think of your, if you can, if people listening to this can really put your hat on of being a non-hunter, not an anti-hunter, but you're scrolling through your feed and you see this headless deer or this deer, like you said, with its jaw blown off, like, 
what the hell you know it's yeah. what are you doing it looks like animal torture right uh and, and and this was this guy wrote this whole thing talking about how disgusting hunters were because they're all like tactic bros basically and uh, i read it and i was i was just i mean i don't like to be easily offended but i was very offended by it of, of like lumping all of us in with this he even talked about like the guys that put the punisher sticker on the the trucks and i was like dude this is just like so crazy like this is the laziest observation yeah like, like so clear this he had not talked to an actual hunter no i emailed with him and i got a little pissy response back and i was like well screw you i'm gonna write my own and i wrote a rebuttal and i i i actually asked the the magazine would they take the rebuttal they said yes i wrote it and then it was no they didn't want to run it and so i ran it on go wild and then we ran it as a podcast and then our audience flipped their lid on the magazine and like they were getting hounded and the editor called me and she's like we don't want this war we're gonna run it like so they ran you can look it up it's um it's called why i hunt from the bitter southerner and you'll find this but a lot of it identifies with what matt's talking about of thoughtless presentation of hunting and i don't like it like i i don't think you can be angry with someone that calls you a murderer when all you present is the death. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think, that's, you know, I, it's that age old adage. Perception is reality. Like yeah, it or man. not, perception yeah. is reality. And as, as hunters on social media, this is just my personal opinion. We are ambassadors for what we do. Yeah. And what we present via those pictures, that's the reality that we portray to, to non hunters. Well, this, this is where I, like, that's where I disagree with Ronella because then he starts going of the extreme solution to this, which is not a solution. It's like, oh, you should just unfollow all hunters from social media and never post about hunting again. And, and my thing about that is no one ever gained more share of voice by shutting up. Like that makes no sense of how you're going to improve perception of yeah. hunters by not being a part of the conversation it's it's honestly it's moronic it, it's uh to think that that that's how things work it's a little bit privileged to think that's how things work because you think that we don't have to be a part of this conversation you know you you've you've i, I think matt has lived in this bubble of of how the rest of us operate you know uh we came up with a family that hunted you know we kind of I've talked about that um uh is operating without the the need for like for these this understanding i spent the first good chunk of this talking about how i wanted to learn to do this and and learning how it's hard matt talks about how hunting doesn't oh we don't need more hunters dude wisconsin as an example it's predicted that by 2050 hunting will not exist there anymore because it will have been worked its way out through legislation because they don't have the voter numbers like that's where you're operating that's why i mean by privilege you're in this bubble of where this hasn't impacted you and it's very easy to say like oh we just shouldn't talk about this anymore and i'm going to get to continue to do what i love that is the most naive perception i could possibly imagine you know to think that like if we just stop talking about it i'll get to do what i like to do and i can do it the way i like to it, to assume that there's no outside forces on what we do in this landscape that we have and people you know i've read articles about this from uh gear junkie i've seen i've seen the arguments of 
Um, you know, hunter numbers aren't declining. We've actually been steady. You know, there's a whole article you can find on Gear Junkie by Nicole Qualtieri, and she does a really good job of, of kind of pulling together some of the numbers and, and um, the reason, like some things that are in line with Matt's argument. And I know Nicole personally, like I respect where she's coming from. But the fact is, like, if, if we aren't at least, at least bar, like the minimum, the minimum of telling this story in a way that the non-hunters, we're not talking about anti-hunters, that's about 5 to 10% that we're just not going to try to win. But if we can just get the, the non-hunters to understand what we do, that it's not shooting deer in the head and, you know, taking bloody pictures of them in front of beer, beer cans, um, you know, getting everybody else on board of like, ah, man, I, I know – Andrew and Paul and Brad, those guys are cool. They're, they're, they're always posting about the tacos they make. They talk about the time outside. They talk about how it helps clear their head. Those are the things we should be talking about. Like if, yeah. if, if Matt's argument was like, Hey, stop posting trophy pictures and post the other parts of your story. I'd be like, dude, get that guy on my podcast. But like this, this asinine view that we just should stop talking about hunting and we're going to get to ride off into the sunset as hunters and like everything's going to be honky dory it, it's it's moronic man like i it's yeah. it's it like infuriates me because i am very much in line with you of we have to be good stewards of this we have to tell good stories and in a lot of ways i think his brother has done this very well i think he's brought in a lot of new people he's made it accessible to them to learn from and built a really good platform from it um you know there's there's other people i i want I won't name names if like there's some shameful influencers that are, have massive followings that I think have not done hunting a service, but I don't, I don't really think I haven't listened to the, the mediator apparently dropped an interview with uh, Matt today uh, because I've been getting tagged on like posts all day long with go out uh, about this, but you know, apparently there was a little bit of back and forth on this, but I don't think Renella is necessarily the problem here of how he is presenting the story. Um, I mean, half the time Ronella isn't even killing something in his episodes, right? It's like a lot of these are just their, their episodes about the enjoyment of being out with your buddies. And so I don't think that's the problem, but you guys know, as well as I do, there's a lot of, of people that are um, content manufacturers off of, off of the hunting side and it's not tasteful. Yeah. So Brad, I no, think I, uh... I, when you're talking about Matt, and I, we're not going to make this all about Matt Ranella, but, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier. I think he likes it. He probably does. Even I, well, dude, you wouldn't go on all these. He's been on Blood Origins. He's been on Meat Eater. Uh, this is the second uh, controversial article he's written for media. Like, I, I think he gets a little bit of enjoyment but from stirring up some of this. We talked about it earlier a little bit off, off air uh, and the entitlement side of things. And, and like you say, he kind of lives in his own little bubble where – and I, I, don't, I don't know if he's in Montana or one of those states that's like very hunter friendly and stuff. Tell him to go to one of those purple states. If you lived in a purple state or a little bit more of a, of a blue state and, you know, you're losing, what, what is it, Washington right now that's lost their spring bear hunt? And, you know, that's being yeah. controlled by the northwest corner of that state and has very little to do with, the, you know, the rest of the state is trying to get done or New Jersey or some of these other ones like British Columbia. Yeah, they, these are the areas that, that need the hunters to influence the state house and, and it, it get things done that are going to be, you know, better for us. As, I mean, Mich Michigan, a lot of states have plenty of examples of um, things that have been banned from hunting. And it's all politics because the wrong story was told. Man. I mean, storytelling is the most influential way to get what you want. 
Yeah. It's just, it is, you know, if you, if you tell a good story and you captivate an audience, um, that's sales. The, the root of sales is being a good storyteller and, and to being able to connect with people and understand what they want. And, you know, I've, I've won over, um, a multitude of vegans who didn't understand what I do by taking the time to slow down, put my hat on to think about what they care about and to say, well, actually, you know, um, when I kill a deer and don't buy ground meat, that's a hundred cows that didn't like every, every, you're not getting one cow out of your grind. That's a hundred cows that died. Like, and I took one animal that I knew, uh, that, you know, didn't suffer, lived its own life. Like I can, I can kind of back into that and say, so, so really like your beef isn't with me. We should be, uh, you know, together. Like I should get more people to try to hunt and you should try to get more people to not eat beef. And then, you know, there's 80% of the country to, for us to go against before we have to worry about each other. Right. And I, I don't feel that way, but I'm saying like, if I were going to try to get a vegan on board with hunting, that's how I'd approach it. Right. And, and now I've kind of positioned it in a way that's like, yeah, I didn't really think about your side from that angle. Like you, you, you're kind of aligning yourself, but it's storytelling. So if, if like from Matt's pers- perspective, it's like, okay, so we're just going to take the most powerful sales tool for what we love to do, take it out of the picture. It's stupid. That's stupid. You, you, and, and here's his thing. The other, I, I've read his article uh, that was published and unpublished. Um, so, so there's this point of um, there's too many hunters, he says. Again, he's hunting out west. Um, out west has the highest uh, non-resident tags of any state so again it's biased it's not a nationwide assessment um you know to say that we don't need more hunters well there's the baby boomers are about to they're, they're going to age out most people stop hunting around 60 65 we're very much there with our baby boomers that's about a third of the hunting population like again he he, he will present this and if you read his articles and you aren't familiar with the data you can be convinced really easily like i see his points um but there's there's just a lot more to it than what's getting presented through these arguments. Uh, and like we were talking earlier, there's a lot out there now that wasn't there 15, 20 years ago. Like Paul and I didn't come from hunting families. Uh, Matt was raised in one where he had a mentor and brothers and, and people to go with and do that kind of stuff and learn from. And, and now if, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot, kind of like similar to your story, uh, you know, over the last few years, just from all the contents being put out there. And it's not yeah. that I'm like, super more you know that much more successful but it gives you things to think about and how to read a map better and how to you know pick out the habitats or what you're going for what kind of gear you know i for the longest time had the coldest feet and listen to some of these guys and listen to what they do different things like it to me there is a place for his ideas it's just it's and when you listen to him talk, it's like all one way or all the other. It's there's no middle ground in negotiating, and it's polarized. It's what it's, we talked about earlier. Very, very, yeah. So, but the you know one of his arguments is, um, or actually, this might have been part of what Nicole talked about. But the the one of the arguments that's in line with what Matt talks about is that we're losing so much habitat, we can't even sustain the amount of hunters we've had. Counter to that is. If, if we can get hunters to continue donating in either, 
sub, uh, almost like unbeknownst to them when they buy gear, right? Because of Pittman Robertson. Uh, but also with groups like NWTF, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, like there's all of these fantastic groups that hunters are a part of. Yeah, maybe maybe you're a member of Ducks Unlimited because you just love to shoot the shit out of ducks. That's fine too, because look at what it goes towards. You know, the, the NWTF single-handedly saved the turkey. I mean, there's just like no doubt about it. If you, if you, um, actually Becky Humphreys, the CEO of the, of NWTF, uh, who I've, I've interviewed for my podcast. She's super sweet. She is insanely knowledgeable though. Like she, she comes at you with this like mother-in-law vibe, but she, she is not going to make you cookies. She's going to serve up like a platter of facts. <laughs> she has been on Ranella's podcast. Um, I think it was the first time she was on there. This was years ago i think it was three or four three years ago maybe um and she she walked steve through everything from when she was a field biologist uh coming up through the organization and when you hear about the numbers and you look at like what has happened to the turkey because of people donating to these organizations you know the in my mind, there's no question we want more people like that. And those people are hunters. And, and so to say that, like, it's just, I just can't overstate it, man. It's just so narrow sided. So it's so naive to think that we can just turn off all communication for hunting and that hunting is going to continue on um, like we need it to, you know, the, it's a very head in the sand perspective. You yeah. Know, that's the, yeah, yeah. It's totally, yeah. Very good point. Yeah. I had a guy once tell me you can't save your way into prosperity. And I think if you reduce like the, your number of hunters, you know, there's certain people out there going to be like, oh, you don't have, you don't need as much, you know, uh, public land. We'll go ahead and use that for this. You know, as, as the numbers of hunters keep decreasing, they'll be like, oh, we don't need the habitat. You don't need that, whatever. And I know it's not all going to go away overnight, but that's how things slowly erode. And if you have no voice for that, so I don't know, we we'll probably could talk about that for like the rest of the night, but yeah. So what's, brad what's next for go wild man what's on what's on the horizon if you can talk about it yeah so the we are not there's not like some grand feature we're working on right now uh there's there's going to be subtle improvements that we make over time the the big focus for us is uh finding brands to to work with on the commerce side right now that's really important to us there are um i can't really every time i say something on a podcast we end up like not doing it or not doing it as soon as I, I say it. So no, I'm just I'm, zip it up. <laughs> but but the the thing we're trying to do, um, you know, we want to connect you better to people that you know. We want to connect you better to uh, groups that you might want to interact with and 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 stay in touch with your buddies. So we're we're looking at ways to try to make it more personal. Um, the, I think in the next, you know, six months, uh, a lot of it is just going to be trying to I kind of mentioned this earlier of like, you got to be good if you're going to scale, trying to get, make sure we stay good enough to where people, you know, when they pull out our app, it's right next to Instagram, Facebook, your Gmail app, your Chase Bank app, all of which are funded by really big companies. And our app has to feel as good as those at least or you're not going to use it. So a lot of what we're doing on the, the app side, will be refining that and trying to simplify things. And uh, there's not going to be like some grand mind blowing unveil in, in the first quarter here. Um, we are like from a, a 
company perspective, we're very excited to be hitting Great American Outdoor Show. That, that show is the largest outdoorsman show in the world. Um, more than 100,000 people will come through that, that show over a span of eight or nine days. We will be there. We will have some screaming deals for anybody um, that, that comes to the show. If you wear your Go Wild Rewards shirt, you'll be able to uh, get a, a free gift of some kind. I don't know. We haven't exactly nailed down what that's going to be. Um, we will have guest appearances by the Sasquatch himself. Um, there will be uh, other, uh, so a couple other different groups that will be there in celebrity. Um, I'm hoping to get Bo there, Bo Martonic. I don't know if, if Bo can't make it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll, we'll miss him, but uh, we'll be okay. Uh, but I, I, the founder of Spartan Forge, the new mapping app that's taking the world by storm. I don't know if you guys have seen his stuff, but Bill, Bill's going to come by. Um, so we'll be announcing that schedule soon. But I'm super pumped about this because we used to do rendezvous back in the early days and pe we'd meet up and uh, some of these things, we had 200 people at one of those things one time. You know, we did remember an, those. We, the we, did, we did an ATA party one year and we had 200 people pack a bar downtown Louisville, um, which I think a lot of them came out for free food and booze. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we are excited to get back into that. Um, you know, the, the, this will be our first foray back into live events since COVID and I, I'm very pumped about it. So this year, this sh should be a big year for us. I mean, we're, we're going to be advertising every, every, we've already booked up uh, probably six of the top outdoor podcast, top hunting podcasts, um, looking to make a bigger play into fishing products this year. Fish, fishing is so freaking hard to get into on the product side because everybody wants you to be a brick and mortar store and we're not. Um, I think we've, we've worked our way around that a little bit. You know, we're selling, um, we have these awesome ditch pickle bass bundles you can buy right now. And it's everything you need to, to start bass fishing for uh, sort of like rod and reel combo. Um, but all, all of your tackle set up for 50 bucks and it's like a $73 value free shipping. So there's yeah. some fun stuff like that that we're launching. Um, uh, so, so more, you'll see more of those bundles from us this year. You're going to see more live events from us this year, more personalized um, experience on the app side, more content like mountains of more content this year you guys have probably seen we just launched another podcast recently so we have two podcasts we drop eight podcasts a month right now as a company um you know everything is it's not about like we're not gonna you know we launch rewards in the fall and it's not like we're gonna have this grand unveiling of a rewards kind of thing this year it's just you're gonna see a lot of us like we're, we're coming in in a big way into 2022 big sponsorships, big partnerships. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing more and more of that kind of stuff. Very good. And if people want to find you, it's just type in go wild into the uh, search engine or the, the app store or whatever. Yeah. Go to the app store, search go wild. You'll see us there. Um, you can go to downloadgowild.com and that'll take you to where you need to go. You can sign up on the website. If you just want to shop, it's shop go wild. So it's kind of like one or two things, download go wild, shop go wild. We have um, a ton of different brands that you, you might want to purchase. The, the cool thing is as of right now, um, you know, we still have a deal that if you create an account and put like literally create an account, put your first and last name in, you get free, a free 10 bucks, like mm. buy whatever you want. So download go wild.com 90 seconds later, you'll have $10 loaded onto your account. Um, and what's cool is like, that's not the only reward you're going to get. You're going to keep unlocking other stuff. 
uh, within a day's use, you're going to be like, holy crap, I can't believe these guys are in I'm worried about these guys staying in business because they're giving away so much stuff. Right. Um, but, but that's a lot of how we operate is really trying to show people that, you know, we're here to operate differently and, you know, we, we care about our customers. So um, it, again, if you're, if you're like looking for Vortex, uh, you know, products, you come and create an account and start posting and try to work your way up. Cause we have a, we have 25% off any Vortex item that you can unlock fairly easily right now. And then we also have, um, I think it's $25 off a red dot, which is already marked off like a hundred dollars. Like there's some pretty sweet deals that you can stumble into on the platform. And then I'm on go wild. You'll get a DM from me when you create an account. Let me know that you heard from me on this podcast and I'm on LinkedIn and I do have a Twitter, but I literally, I use it like once a week, mostly during UK basketball games. <laughs> Wait, Good deal, man. UK basketball and you live in, in Louisville. Now with the, I went to, I grew up in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, Louisville is not even spoken of in Eastern Kentucky. I went to University of Kentucky. It's where I met my wife. It's where I got my degree. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm like, I bleed blue. And actually, like, close to half the city bleeds blue, too. So fair enough. Good deal. Well, Brad, thanks for your time, man. Really appreciated it. And uh, good luck to you and go, and go wild. I love the platform. And, and uh, I think you guys got a lot of a lot of success ahead of you. So. Thanks, guys. This was fun, and I'll see you at ATA. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Brad. Yep. <laughs>